And you want to think about the season like a road trip. It's going to be smooth and very exciting, and it's going to be a long time to go through it, so you have to plan ahead. So in this whole season-long adventure that we're thinking about, you want to fuel your body so that you can stay energized and avoid any bumps on the road. So some of those simple things are just having that palm of protein. You want to have at least one or two fists of carbs, depending on how, how hard your game was, and then one to two fists of fruits and vegetables, right? That's how that typical plate we're going to build. Okay. And then the other thing is making sure we drink enough fluid. Hello, everyone. That was Tony Castillo talking about nutrition for optimal athletic performance. And I'm Julianne Dietz, and I want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success and a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll talk to stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to be the healthiest soccer players and people we can be. Tony joins us today as a repeat guest to teach us about how nutrition can impact our performance and how to meet our nutritional needs for a long season. Tony is an elite nutrition expert specializing in sports nutrition and optimizing athletes to boost their performance through nutrition. Tony is a registered dietitian who has worked with Major League Baseball teams such as the Toronto Blue Jays and collegiate student athletes at the University of Florida. I learned so much from this interview, but don't take my word for it. Elizabeth, what did you think? Tony is so nice. He made me feel really good about my food choices and also gave me tips on how to make sure the things I eat fuel my body so I have lots of energy when I play. All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field. Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast. Tony, thank you so much for coming on again. You are one of my favorite people to have on because you just have such good energy and it's so fun to talk to you. It's so I feel like I'm at my best when we're chatting because uh, you bring so much energy and information and guidance. So we had you on to talk about hydration. And I know that episode has been really great. One of um, our listeners actually used it for a project that she was using with her sports team. Um, Yeah, she plays ice hockey and soccer and she actually used it with her um, ice hockey team. She presented it to the whole group. So it's been awesome, and we've been definitely following all the advice that you had um, while we play in the heat of the summer. Oof, yeah. Yeah. It's been very hot. Yeah, at ODP, Elizabeth. Yep. Yeah. We made sure that we focused on our hydration for sure, right? Yeah, it's yeah. great. Good job, Elizabeth. <laughs> so today I was hoping that we could talk a little bit about nutrition for performance, but first I was just wondering, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but did you play sports when you were a kid? Oh, absolutely. I uh, played soccer. Loved it. I was a defender, and I actually have a picture of when I was, like, seven years old, and my team was in, like, the local championships, and someone kicked a ball, and it was going into the goal, but I, I somehow kicked it out uh, out of play, and that saved us the win, and that was, uh. like, my most existential moment I ever had and my dad took us all to Burger King afterwards and it was awesome oh that's awesome yes you you're we're gonna bother you for that picture because we love to we love to put old soccer pictures when you're a kid so that's great so what about nutrition what brought you to nutrition yeah so just 
when I was younger, I was overweight. I was made fun of just because I was, I was the, the fat kid, just to be honest with you. And it was just a different time, a different culture. Mm-hmm. And I don't like being that kid. I had to change who I was. And that's really what brought me to nutrition. But then I started to see athletes and how they perform and what they eat. I was like, wow, how do they do that? Not only how do they look that way, but how do they perform that way? Right. Just as we know, the World Cup is starting tomorrow mm-hmm. for, yeah, like, yeah. Are you excited for that, Elizabeth? <laughs> yeah. Who are you cheering on? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Team USA. So just seeing them play at that peak level, like, how do they do it time and time again? Like, it was just so cool to see. And of course, nutrition is just a piece of that pie. And I think we spoke about that last time. And I wanted to be in that piece of the pie, not only because I didn't want to be that that fat kid that I was when I was younger. Um, and that's just something I had to deal with. But also, I got to see people perform at their best, feel their best, and have the energy. And that's really what brought it out, right? Like, when we see these girls playing, it's so awesome to see them just going full force and not being tired, um, have the fatigue, or being cramped, right? We want them to perform at their best. And that's really what got me into nutrition, just wanting people to be at their best. That's great. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast is really like we just want our listeners and just the youth in general, like to be at their best and to also like feel good. You know, I don't think I knew a lot about nutrition as a kid. My family was like pretty good just because my mom had like a, a kind of like a European upbringing. And so we didn't do a lot of like fast food and stuff like that. It was more home cooked meals. But even like we didn't know a lot about what would sustain our energy. It was a lot of like pasta before games. And yeah. um, I remember when I, was in, and when I was in college, my coach was into nutrition. But, I, you know, again, like there wasn't a lot of information that we had. And so it was a lot of like eating those bars, like power bars, I think were big bagels. And you know, not that that stuff wasn't, some of it wasn't, was fine, but we just really didn't know about it. And I remember our nutritionist like talking about pats of butter and me being really confused and being like, I don't even know what we're talking about right now. (laughs) But it was, it was definitely a challenge for the girls on my team and all different ends of the spec from not eating enough to not eating the right foods to maybe eating too much junk as you're in college and kind of on your own to like, you know, not getting enough protein, not getting enough calories in. So we were kind of like all over the place. And I just think that nutrition for performance is so important. And it's something that my kids do pay a little bit of attention to, but I don't feel like we as parents, even though we both played college soccer, that we have that much information. And we just want to know more. And we have two different types of kids. We have one kid who like leans towards kind of greens and and he's he's willing to try everything loves like a date before a game a date at halftime and then elizabeth like she wants to be she wants to eat the right foods right elizabeth she wants to eat the right food she's shaking her head yes but she's like i'm not gonna eat something that's gross like even mate what if you would score a hat trick would you eat something gross to score a hat trick Probably you have to have something to wash it down. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, that's, she's a hard, yeah, she's a much harder set, sell. So it's like coming up with what would work for her. So yeah. we would love some insights on what would you, what should we be thinking about? We're about to go back into like preseason mode. We got about two weeks and we'll have preseason and then we'll get into our season. So what should we be thinking about now as we start to think about nutrition for performance? Well, I want to ask Elizabeth, what do you consider a gross food? Well, I have a lot of things that aren't 
um, that good in my opinion, but I like some vegetables. Okay. But some are just disgusting. Um, like what? Uh, let's see. Asparagus. What else did the rest of it? Brussels sprouts? Do you Brussels sprouts. Um, we, the rest of us like Brussels sprouts. She's more of a broccoli kind of girl, right? Yeah. yeah. Broccoli, peas, string beans, carrots, anything. The good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Avocado, yeah. you like. Avocado, yeah. cucumber. Yeah. Well, my daughter, whose middle name is Elizabeth, I was eating asparagus yesterday, and my wife made it again today for lunch, and I went to the bathroom, and she came in, and she's like, it smells in here, and then she left. So asparagus <laughs> makes your pee smell, so that's totally Did you know normal. That? Did you know? It does. Yeah, but it it's delicious. I've grown into enjoying it. Oh, I also have as well. So Elizabeth, don't worry. It's very normal not to like asparagus. Uh, and now now you might want to try to eat it to see if your pee smells. Who knows? It might <laughs> give you the hat trick, like your mom said. <laughs> but with the season kicking off, just like I was talking to the player that I'm working with right now, she's going back to her college, and some of the things we look for in preseason is just eating enough and okay. trying new foods. This is the time to do it. When I say trying new foods, when we go into tournaments, when we go into game days, we don't want to try anything new. That can upset the stomach. So we don't want anything spicy and we don't want any new foods. And just to be honest with you, I didn't take my own advice once. Right before I had to do a 100-mile relay run with a team of other people, I decided to try a new food. And I had to run to the bathroom to do number two. And that was not fun. So <laughs> make sure not to try any new foods, Elizabeth, because you don't want to be on the field and have to run to the bathroom. At least I hope not. No one wants that, right? Yeah, for no. sure. Yeah, for sure. So this is the time to try it out during practice, right? During that preseason. So if you have any foods that you want to have for pregame meals, so like the pastas, the bagels, any gummy bears, any granola bars, could be Fig Newtons, could be dates, could be anything new that you're thinking of trying, Try it during practice and during preseason, so that way we know how it sits in your stomach, okay? And you want to think about the season like a road trip. It's going to be smooth and very exciting, and it's going to be a long time to go through it, so you have to plan ahead. So in this whole season-long adventure that we're thinking about, you want to fuel your body so that you can stay energized and avoid any bumps on the road. So some of those simple things are just having that palm of protein, you want to have at least one or two fists of carbs, depending on how, how hard your game was, and then one to two fists of fruits and vegetables, right? That's how that typical plate we're going to build. And okay. then the other thing is making sure we drink enough fluids. So I'm going to ask you, Elizabeth, what would you put on your plate if I told you you had to do one fist of carbs? So that could be rice, potatoes, pasta, bread, anything like that. What would be your go-to carb of choice? Probably rice. Ooh, I love rice. All right, and what protein? Chicken, fish, beef? Chicken. That's a hard. <laughs> that's a harder one for her. She's not a huge meat fan. Yeah. But Ooh. she, you will do it. I'll eat it, but I prefer not to. Ooh, that's good to know too. Do you like beans? Yes. Beans. A lot. Ooh, good. Love hearing that because that could be your protein source if you're not going to have any chicken, um, any fish, or any beef or anything of that nature. Uh, just always making sure you get some sort of protein in because, Elizabeth, we're talking about the long season you got ahead of you, right? You want to make sure we repair those muscles and build those muscles. Now, what about milk? Do you like milk? Not really. Yogurt? Kind of. Cheese? You could say no, don't worry. I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out here. No cheese. No Not cheese. Really. I know Why? the girl lived in Switzerland for seven <laughs> years and she doesn't like cheese. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, at least you like beans. So at least you can get the beans as your protein source. So I'm glad to hear that. All right. You'll eat like um, uh, that mac and cheese that grandma makes. Yeah, I'll eat some like Ooh. pizza and mac and cheese, but not like just cheese. Ooh, speaking of, have you tried any of the bonza pasta, Mom? Have you ever bought that? No, what's that? Ooh, it's a chickpea pasta. No. So I know it sounds weird, but but bear with me. It looks just like pasta and it tastes just like pasta. My daughter, who's two and a half, I've made her the mac and cheese, so it's higher in protein. for, And she doesn't like to eat a lot of meat either. She eats it and she comes out with cheese sauce everywhere. Or if we do pasta, we just do pasta and some butter and we put some Parmesan cheese on it because she likes Parmesan cheese, but just butter and pasta. And she'll eat that. And it's got some more protein in it. So someone who doesn't like to eat meat, it's a great choice to have with that pasta because it can count as the carb and the protein. So I can send you some links afterwards of what that is. But Bonza, and I do think there's one other brand that does make a chickpea pasta as well. But that's a great way for you, Elizabeth, to get some protein in. Now, what about fruits and vegetables? What would that other side of the plate be? So I know uh, broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably, um, actually, I like every fruit. Wait, is a fig a fruit? Yeah. Okay, so every fruit besides figs. <laughs> You're not going to tell me you like figs. No figs, huh? No figs. What I about like mangoes? Figs, <gasps> yes, yeah. I love mangoes. It's the best time to have them. It's in the summer. Yeah. Oof, they are delicious right now. Yeah, oh, that sounds like a great plate. And probably not peaches, because I think I'm allergic to peaches, so. So then don't do peaches. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't do any foods you're allergic to. That is a big no-no in our world. Uh, and that's good that you know that. She also likes eggs. Is eggs a good protein? Oh, eggs is a great protein source. You didn't tell me that one, Elizabeth. Why are you hiding that from me? I don't know. That was, this, <laughs> I'm kidding this, with you. This summer you've actually learned how to make them yourself. I've known how to make eggs since I was like five. Oh. Well, she makes what? them a lot for herself now. She makes scrambled eggs for herself. Well, when my daughter turns five, I'm going to call you, Elizabeth, so you can teach her how to make eggs. Is that a deal? <laughs> deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. Uh, yeah, eggs is another great protein source, right? So if you have eggs, rice, you could do some broccoli, you could do no peaches, Maybe some mango on there. That sounds like a great plate for you to have in season for either lunches or dinners. Uh, actually, so at school, Elizabeth, what do you bring for, for lunch? Well, we're not allowed to bring lunches because I think they think because of allergies, we're not allowed mm. to bring stuff. So we have like different like sections. We have like a soup bar, a pasta bar, and a salad bar, and then we have our main meal. So what do you typically go for, Elizabeth? I, I just want to know because this is this is in season, right? I want to know what other girls like you are eating, and this is going to give them some help. So thanks uh, for what you're doing. So really depends on what it is. If it's like like hot dogs or something, I'll go to like the pasta. <laughs> um, but if it's like really anything else, I'll just have like the main meal. And sometimes if it's hot dogs, I'll like take. The sweet potato fries or, yeah. Yeah, sweet potato fries are delicious. So if it's the main meal, what's uh, what's the protein source? Do they have eggs? Do you typically eat the chicken there? What what what, what happens there? Uh, I try. I will eat the chicken, but sometimes it's like their meat's not the best, but yeah. I'll eat it. Like if it's coconut curry chicken, I'll eat the they meat. Do or coconut. if it's pepperoni what? pizza, I'll eat the meat. Yeah, they do coconut curry chicken. That's a big hit. Yeah. What? Hold on. 
<laughs> Mom, she is not a picky eater. I don't know many kids that are eating coconut curry chicken, all right? She's funny. She likes, the other in, way. yeah, like you like Indian food, you like rice, wow. Mexican food. It's yeah. it's like the more traditional kind of like a roast chicken or mm-hmm. something or a meatloaf or, or something like that. That she's not as big of a fan. Like kind of more of the American kind of yeah. meals. She's like, like the more fancy, like... <laughs> spicier. <laughs> yeah. You like flavor. Mm-hmm. Yes, flavor. There you go. Hey, and thanks for sharing that. And you are not a picky eater. You just know what you like. And that I'm so happy you're sharing that because so many girls, actually so many kids of all ages, even adults, they're picky. But you just know what you like. And it's I'm glad you're sharing that because we're coming up with ideas of other kids that what they can eat. Right? Because it can be tough out there. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm a picky eater. But really, it sounds like you, you eat a lot. I know a lot of kids that don't eat broccoli. All right? <laughs> so yeah. you're doing a good job. Um, and then breakfast. What are you typically having for breakfast, Elizabeth? Um, so I usually for breakfast during a school year, I'll either have, um, I'll make like a pre-made smoothie and then I'll just blend it. Ooh. Or I'll have oatmeal. Sometimes I'll have avocado toast if it's about to be, if it was like before a game or sometimes I'll have it if I'm in a rush. And then sometimes on the weekend, like maybe every other weekend on one day, we'll have like pancakes. Love pancakes. Have you tried the, oh, I'm forgetting the name right now. Um, protein pancakes. It's the Kodiak? Kodiak? Kodiak, thank you. Are those the microwave ones? No, they're the ones that in the black box that we sometimes get that you like. You like. Um, regular old pancakes better than that. I don't like the ones that you microwave. Mm. Yeah, sometimes microwaving can change the way I just have to make them myself or go to a place where they make them. Yeah. Okay, just curious. It's an easy way to get more protein as another option for other people. But thanks for sharing that. I love that. So, really, when we're thinking about in-season fueling and pre-season and getting ready is just eating your typical diet, making sure you get enough carbs. So that's that energy. So pancakes are a great source for breakfast, for lunch, any sort of bread or pasta that you're getting. And the same thing at night, rice, pasta, potatoes. And then are you eating dinner before or after practice? Um, I'll probably, I have like, when I get back from school, I'll either have a snack in her office or right after it. And then I'll have dinner after practice. We have found that we almost need like a double dinner, like a a mini dinner when we get home from school. And then, you know, practice is usually during dinner time. So then we, yeah, and then we do like another mini dinner after. You know, for us, they eat a big lunch at school. And, you know, having lived in Switzerland where the big meal is at lunch, it kind of works for us, but I can definitely see how it's really challenging for families that have gotten used to like having a big dinner, but practice is always at dinner time. You know, it's from yeah. five to seven or, you know, with commute and everything, you're not usually home. And then it's like, you need to get to bed by at least by nine o'clock. And so it's really hard. You don't want to eat like another huge meal, but everyone gets home, um, especially my 13-year-old. He's like starving by the time he gets home, even though he ate a meal before he left. So that's a challenge. Yeah. So what are you typically eating for that mini meal before bed? I'm not really sure because sometimes I have like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich then, and then I'll have the big meal after practice, but then sometimes it's the other way around. Yeah. And I'll just have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before bed. We do a lot of, like, uh, burritos and... Ooh, the microwave burritos are good. 
Yeah, we do a lot of burritos and, you know, sometimes sandwiches, things like that. Sometimes I'll get like a chicken from, you know, we have a place called Fresh Market. They have like the roast yep. chicken. So we'll just, you know, that that way it's not a lot of cooking because we're all, everybody's running around after yes. school. Whether I'm coaching or I'm driving <laughs> carpool to make a meal in a dish. Sometimes we'll even have eggs for dinner. And yeah, that's that's a challenge, but we, we're trying to do our best. Quick and easy. That is the most important thing when it comes to that. So I'm loving all the options you guys are saying. So sandwiches and things like that. Some other like quick and easy. So I, I, I like to think of when we think of snacks and foods or just things that you can just take with you. So there's even like microwavable rice, uh, pre-cooked lentils or beans, instant mashed potatoes, instant oatmeal, soup mixes, right? Especially when it gets a little bit colder. Not right yeah. now. It's probably not a great time for that. <laughs> Um, you can do like granolas, breads, um, wraps and burritos, as you mentioned. I think those are great. And just, you know, if you do like canned fish, which I know Elizabeth doesn't, but for other people, they could do the canned or bagged tuna. I love the rotisserie chicken. That's one of my always go-tos. You go to any grocery store, you can typically buy it. Um, love the PB&J. is always a great option as well. So really finding what works for you. And you can even do, if you like eggs, you can even do like an egg salad sandwich or egg salad wrap if you do like that as a quick, easy option for you to do at nighttime. That's good. That's good advice. The quick microwave stuff, they always taste like only 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She really likes like the rice and stuff. And our son really likes their burritos, like the microwave burritos from like Trader Joe's or something like that. When it comes to athletes, you have to be able to be quick and convenient. Right now, that's what it looks like. So if you're able to batch cook, that's great. But if you can't, there's no need to shame anyone for using a microwave. Microwaved anything is very easy to do, and it's fun for everyone. It just makes it easy, especially when you don't have time, right? Yeah. Me personally, if I if I need a really quick meal, I'm going to have that roast chicken, that rotisserie chicken I get from the grocery store, microwave some rice. I might throw some beans in the microwave or just quickly on the pot, microwave some vegetables, and there's dinner for the family. Very easy, simple, and very little prep time needed. Yeah, that's great advice. So we, we're yeah. thinking about kind of like the season. It's really important to, you know, I love that um, advice you gave about the plate, what it should look like. I think that's really helpful and visual. And what about, you know, when you're the day of um a game or like the night before and then kind of leading up to the game because sometimes we're not sure what we should be eating for a game or the day of a game. So that's something that we refer to as carb loading and we typically hear that in the marathon world but we definitely use it, utilize or use it with especially soccer athletes. So what we want them to do is do half their plate of carbs. So that's going to be the mm-hmm. rice, the pastas, the breads for the week of, right? Because we want them to store that energy because carbs are stored in two places in your liver and in your muscles. So we want to make sure we have as much energy or carbs in our muscles, especially if it's going to be a game day. The best way to do that is make sure that your plates have half that plate of those carb sources, especially okay. the week of a game day or especially yeah. multi-tournament uh, days or multi-game yeah. days. Yeah, when you're, when you're burning a lot of energy because we, we yes. have that a lot where we have like two or three games a weekend. And so I could see that being important, especially with soccer. There's so much running and exertion of energy. And so I could see that being really important. And then what about the day of the game? Definitely want to stick to the carbs, but you also want to think about if someone's stomach doesn't really handle it well, this yeah. is where things like juices uh, come into play, sports drinks that can come into play because they have that energy in there, but they also will help with the uh, hydration portion because we want to make sure we avoid 
that dehydration that we spoke about on the last podcast. Yeah. But you want to make sure if someone doesn't really like to eat a lot, smoothies are a great option. Like you were saying, Elizabeth, earlier, what you have for breakfast, right? It's a great way to get some quick energy, especially on game days, because a lot of people get nervous. Their stomach doesn't handle food well. So that's where we try to get some liquid calories in. So that's where juices, uh, sports drinks, smoothies, any of those things that can really help. And if you're someone who likes milk, going for that would be helpful as well, or adding some sort of Greek yogurt to the smoothie just to add a little bit more protein if you like those foods. Okay, that's really good. And we have noticed, at least in our family, um, that sometimes the heat can change what we can eat. Um, Elizabeth like loves oatmeal, but if it's a hot day and she's going to be running around a lot, we've learned that twice, right? <laughs> she no ran oatmeal. A, yeah, she ran a four-mile run, and the oatmeal returned at the end of it one, wow. one year. And then also you played in a game one day after you had oatmeal, and you just felt really, really terrible. But most days you feel great when you eat oatmeal, but the heat and the oatmeal – and then um, my husband always says, like, dairy and the heat are not his friend. And so, um, yeah. So it's it's interesting. You have to really learn about your body and what works for you. Yep. And when it gets colder, one of my favorite hydration beverages is to use, like, a, a soup stock or chicken broth. Oh. Like, the, the actual uh, soup stock or the, whatever's in the soup without any of the chicken, rice, or vegetables. Like, the actual stock is what it's called or yep. sauce of soup. That's what I love. Like bone broth has been really big and we had that for when it gets cold out because it helps keep you hydrated, warms you up and gives you a little bit of calories that you need. Oh, interesting. That's really good mm-hmm. to know. Now, yeah. during games, I I know that, I mean, when I was a kid, it was oranges, right? We ate a Orange lot of oranges. Slices. And then I felt like we went away from eating something at halftime. My son has done like a date during halftime sometimes, but I'm curious, what is the kind of science behind having some nutrition or calories during a game? Especially for soccer players, you want to have some sort of carbs and electrolytes. We want to stay away from things such that are high in fat. So that would be like avocados, butters, peanut butters, things of that nature, because that doesn't get digested very well. So your stomach Mm -hmm. can't handle it. So then it could come up the other way, like the oatmeal that happened with Elizabeth, as you were mentioning. Now, we want to also stay away from protein during that time because we're not looking for muscle recovery. And that can also be very hard on the stomach. So we don't want any milks during that time, any yogurts or things of that nature. You want to stick to those sports drinks, granola bars, fruits, which is absolutely great. Love the dates. And then some sort of hydration beverage because you've just exerted a lot of sweat, especially running for that first 45 minutes. And then you're about to go into another 45-minute half. So really looking at carbs. Uh, pretzels is actually one of my favorite ones because it's got salt because that helps keep the water in. And it's got the carbs uh, for people that are salty snackers. If you're someone more of a sweet snacker, even gummy bears, uh, the Welch's fruit snacks, I think, are a great option as okay. well. That's really helpful. And the salty thing was something that you taught us on the last one. And that's something that I never would have thought about. But that makes a lot of sense. I love pretzels. I've always loved pretzels. So that would be a a great snack for me. And the other thing that I've noticed that seems to be – these came out when my kids were really little, and now I, I notice that older kids, I see them eating, it's like the applesauce pouches. Yes. So, like, we used to do a lot of that when the kids were little, especially, like, if we were, I was going for a run, I was pushing them in the stroller, they could kind of manage it themselves. But we've bought them um, for our kids now, if we're going to tournament, because, you know, they don't necessarily need to be cold, though I prefer them when they're cold, but I've noticed other people using them as well. Yes, those are absolutely great because you can just twist them off, 
drink them down and throw them away. Versus an applesauce, you need to actually bring a spoon to, to scoop out. So I highly recommend those because they taste good. looks like Elizabeth likes them, so she'll mm-hmm. actually stick to it. And that's the important thing. What is your kid going to actually like? That is the important piece to all this because if you buy all these different products and they're not going to have them, then you're wasting not only your money but your time. Right? We want to find foods that they like. That's why I mentioned the pretzels because we have kids that like salty. Then we have kids and, and athletes who like sweet. So an applesauce packet would be fantastic. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So yeah. speaking of um, you know bringing stuff, tournaments are always a challenge for us. We don't know what to pack to bring with us. We also we know the team's going to eat out. And a lot of times the options aren't great. Sometimes we're not in areas where they have the best restaurants to go out. We try to stick with only Chick-fil-A one one meal. <laughs> Even though we love Chick-fil-A, but one meal. Yeah. You know, you can't have more Chick-fil-A than um, games in a weekend. It's kind of my rule. I think but, that's a good rule. Yeah. But what about when you have to eat out for, for sports weekends? What's kind of the meals that you should look for? Very similar to what we mentioned earlier. So you want to have the protein, some sort of carbs, and you want to make sure you have some fruits and vegetables. Now, things to stay away from are things that are going to be high fat or new foods. So as much as I love pizza, I'd say save pizza for when you're done with the tournament, not if you have a game the next day. Because then it's going to be a lot of cheese. And Elizabeth, you already don't like cheese, so you probably don't like pizza. Or do you like pizza? I like pizza. You like pizza? (laughs) Oh, look at you. All right, so you do like some cheese things. Um, so pizza would be when the tournament's over when you guys are celebrating, but not in between just because it would not sit well in the stomach. We want to avoid that. We want to avoid anything that could cause any upset stomach. Pasta is great, but you want to stay away from like the heavy Alfredo sauces the night before a game, because again, that's just going to upset the stomach. You could have a red sauce. You might be able to do a pesto, something like that, but anything that's very heavy may not sit too well and may take a long time to digest. So when we're thinking about food and as much as I love Indian food and I love uh, a good coconut chicken curry, maybe right after a game may not be the best thing because those spices may not sit well in your stomach. And that's one thing we're avoiding because when we go out, it's tough to have that quality control. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw this, but Usain Bolt, when he was in the last Olympics, he actually went and ate McDonald's the whole time. And the reason he ate McDonald's was because he knows that McDonald's has a quality control. And I believe he was, where was it? Was it in Japan or trying to forget where he was at? But he didn't know how they cooked the food at other restaurants. Yeah. But McDonald's was the safest bet. I'm not here saying we should go eat McDonald's. But sometimes if you don't know what food's around, it's always going with what is quality controlled or the safest bet. So we don't get a foodborne illness or a bacteria in our gut that can cause us to be sick. So we want to stay away from things that may not look safe or sanitary. We want to stay away from things that are spicy because that could upset our stomach. Even if we like it, save that for the day after once you win the championship or things that are going to be high in fat. So those are things that are very cheesy, creamy, saucy. Um, when I'm saying saucy, like a cheese sauce or a cream sauce are the things I'm really talking about, um, especially during a game day. Those are things we want to stay away from. The things we want to stick to are things that are going to be lighter, things that you typically can eat that you've had normally. So it sounds like definitely keeping it simple, somewhat a little blander. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. And also things that you're familiar with. Like we oftentimes will kind of go to the same sandwich place that happens to be always where these hotels are for like in between <laughs> games. It's the same chain that has, you know, we'll get a, a small sub that kind of everyone knows like they don't, it's not their favorite thing, but it's not going to bother their stomachs. And then it's kind of staying away from things that might be fancy. I know um, Elizabeth's dad 
talks about when he was in high school and he went to play in Costa Rica with the regional team. He couldn't play in two games because something he ate or drank really bothered his stomach and he was really, really struggling. So it's important if you have a smaller range of foods that you like, maybe you bring foods with you and bring granola bars or whatever it is that you enjoy eating that you're used to eating. Absolutely. That is a great thing. You can always bring food if you want to, but those sandwich places are some of our our best known. And when I worked in collegiate sports, we'd always order just, for lack of a better word, bland food because we don't want anything to spice up their stomach. Yeah, makes sense. So save the fun stuff for the after game celebration Monday because I'm sure there's some foods that we need to eat for recovery too. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like things that you should focus on for, you know, after you had a tournament weekend. After you had a tournament weekend, you want to focus on protein and carbs. Okay. Protein are going to help with the muscle building. So if, especially post game, a chocolate milk is one of the best recovery beverages you can have. I know you don't like chocolate milk, Elizabeth, but <laughs> I had to mention. Have you ever it. tried it? I don't like chocolate or milk. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> so together, probably not going to like it. <laughs> but chocolate would- milk is, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, how would she? Li- how did she live in Switzerland for seven years? She yeah. doesn't like chocolate or milk. <laughs> it's like the biggest thing in Switzerland. I know. Right? I don't, or, cheese. or cheese. Yeah, I don't know what well, happened. you like cheese on pizza. Do you like quesadillas? No. No. But you'll put mm. a cheese on like tacos, right? I'll put cheese on like mac and cheese and tacos. I just don't like cheese and like, it has to be more than just cheese and something else. It has to be cheese and stuff that I like. Gotcha. Fair yeah. enough totally normal. (laughs) So when we're thinking about recovery, you want to think about protein sources. So as I said, uh, chocolate milk's a great one. You could have deli meats on hand and have like a quick sandwich for recovery. The Greek yogurts are great. You can even have eggs, hard-boiled eggs. Jerky is a popular one for people because it's very easy if you like meats. Edamame for those that don't like meat. It's a Mm. great one. It's a protein source. The string cheese is mentioned. Again, beans are going to be tougher. I'm trying to think of things that you can keep on hand for that recovery. And those would be the things I'd really lean on. Because, again, yes, there are protein powders out there. But being that you're a grown child, we want to stay away from any kind of supplements, at least at this moment. Um, I really want to focus more on whole foods and always trying to stick with that routine. Okay, and is that like a fist size of protein after a game? Oh, palm, palm size. Palm size, perfect. And then yes. you can't go wrong with, like, you know, you can eat as many fruits as vegetables, I think, as oh, yeah. you want after, right? You that, can never that's go wrong. Never, maybe, be- <laughs> maybe before a game if you, like, to, you know, overload too, too many. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you can't really go wrong with fruits and vegetables after. But a palm size of protein, that's really helpful. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Of course. Um, this has been great. So is there anything else when we think about nutrition for performance? Is there anything else that we miss that we should keep in mind? Make sure to listen to the hydration episode. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, hold on. Elizabeth, do you want to see my jars of pee? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see it live. <laughs> Here's my jars of pee. Ooh. <laughs> So fun and exciting. No. Um, uh, hydration, obviously, is one of the biggest ones. Making sure, just as a recap, when you're in season, making sure you just eat balanced plates throughout. If you're going to try any new foods, try it not on game days. Do not forget that. Do try it on practice days or anything that's leading up to it or on tournaments. You don't want to try anything new. Make sure if anyone, any new sponsors come out, they want to give you new foods or drinks to try, save that for after. Um, during tournaments or game days, don't try any new foods. Don't eat anything spicy. Don't eat anything you're allergic to. Always ask questions. 
I worked with so many players that were scared to ask what was in the food, and I had one player go into a, 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 an allergy uh, shock. They actually had to take him to the hospital because he didn't want to ask if there was, he had a tree nut allergy and there was pistachio in this gelatin that um, they had. So always, if you don't like peaches, Elizabeth, always ask, are there peaches in there? It may not look like it, but please ask. You never know because it could cause a reaction. So always asking about that when it comes to, to tournaments and things of that nature. So just making sure you eat well, make sure you hydrate well, and those would be the two things that will really set you up for that nutrition for performance based on what your plates are and what your goals are. That's awesome. And I think, right, yeah. the science is out there that you have to eat in order to really perform at your best. And it's yes. just so important to make sure you have enough nutrition, enough um, you know, calories in your body to recover, to stay healthy, to be able to focus. Anytime limiting what you're eating um, and not eating enough really, you know, injuries – poor performance, you know, lots of things can happen. So it's so important. I know you had one or two questions. Do you want to ask your I two questions? questions? You have th- she has three questions. Okay, so right. I have three questions. So one of them is, what is the best snack to have before a game, or should you just, like, not eat before, like, an hour before the game or so? You right. should always eat before a game. Anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour before the game, you want to eat something that is really high in carbs, so that energy. So one of my favorites is granola bars. You can do fruit is one of my other favorite ones. Well, uh, pretzels was the other one that we mentioned earlier, and those are going to be some of the staple ones that really come off the top of my head. What do you like to eat before a game, if anything, Elizabeth? If it's in the morning, actually, um, usually avocado toast. Okay. How, how early before a game do you eat that? I would say like an hour and a half usually. Probably an hour and a half. Two hours. If I'm, yeah, because usually I have it in the car, but that's when it feels like 30. Yeah, because warm-up's like 30 minutes, plus she'll usually have it in the car. I know that has fat, so that could be somewhat hard to digest. Not for me. Um, exactly, and it's personalized. Everyone's different. Yeah, right? she seems and, to do okay with it. Yeah, if it's one to two hours, that's when it's like a protein and a carb. If it's three to four hours before, it's a protein, carb, and fat. If it's one hour to 30 minutes before, that's when you want to stick to the carbs. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. yeah. My other question is, how many hours before a game can you eat, like, a heavy meal? Three to four hours before a meal. Anything as it gets closer, that stomach doesn't have enough time to digest it. So you can have a full meal three to four hours before. You can have a snack one to two hours before. And then something very small... 30 minutes to an hour before. So as it gets closer to the game, I want you to think of like a funnel that's really big at the top and it gets smaller, 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 smaller. As we get closer to game time, that funnel gets smaller because you don't want to eat a lot of food. You want to eat just a quick acting carbs and that's where those snacks you mentioned earlier is. But three to four hours before is where you want to have a full meal. Okay, and my last question is, you're talking about yogurt and sometimes mm-hmm. yogurt's kind of hard to eat during a tournament. It's like a go-gurt, which is like the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's also good ones. to have. When would you want to have it? I don't know, during a tournament or something? Like yeah. during the game or like two hours before a Probably game? like... Or after a game? Like a, yeah, like after or before a game. After a game, absolutely would be a great time to have it. At, so instead of the chocolate milk, if you like the gogurt, that has some protein in it. So that'd be a great option for you to recover with, Elizabeth. And then before the game, it just depends, right? Just like your dad says, he can't have dairy before a game. Some people really can't, and some people can. So that's really personalized. I personally have not had yogurt before a game because it's upset my stomach before as well. So if you've had it before and it sits well, 
go for it. I think it's great because it's cooling, so it helps cool you down even though you just warmed up, so it'll get you ready for the game. But I would say after, it's probably the better way to go about it. Cool. Yeah. Good? Yeah. So I just, Thanks for those you know, questions. Yeah, those were really good questions. And this is really helpful. And if anyone has, you know, other questions, like Tony is great. He has so many resources on his website. We'll put all of that in the show notes so you can reach out to him. I know that we're going to probably, I think what we're going to do, Tony, is we're going to experiment a little bit during preseason. And we're going to reach out to you and let you know how it's going and ask for suggestions for some new things to try as Elizabeth kind of figures out what works for her and what doesn't work for her. And if there's a gap in like a protein or something like that, we might reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, what do you suggest we give a try? Cause I think we got some good ideas of things we might try. I'm excited. Yeah. Let me know and please let me know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, de- we'll definitely let you know. And I would encourage like our listeners, why don't we all use this preseason to kind of figure out, you know, make ourselves a list of some of the things that we really love before games, what we really love like right before a game and what we really liked t- for recovery and kind of keep a little uh, notebook so that when we're, you know, getting ready for a tournament, we're packing where everybody's crazy. We're trying to get ready. We know like, hey, let's figure out how we can get some of these foods that we know really work for us yeah please and let me know i'd love to hear okay cool well thank you so much and i'm sure we'll uh have you on again for any other type of nutrition questions as we get through the season you've been amazing everyone definitely listened to the hydration episode it was so good and it was one of our first episodes that we had so thank you again tony we appreciate you thank you all right thank you all so much for listening And remember, if you like what you heard, please follow us, which you can do by visiting shedreamsandgoals.com. Follow us on Instagram at shedreamsandgoals. And most importantly, share our podcast with family, friends, and teammates. And until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals, LLC. She Dreams and Goals, LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals, LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.